Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome into an NFL Week 5 edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. It is Thursday, October what? Thursday, October 6th as we record. Thank you, Steve. Um, I'm your host, Julian Edlow, along with my co-host, Steve Buchanan. You can find us on Twitter at Julian Edlow, at SBuchanan24. Find the podcast on Twitter at UnreasonableOdd. Uh, and it's also, as we record, a day away from the MLB postseason, which we want to touch on in here. Um, the cool new weekend home series wild card round. Um, are you a fan of that, by the way, Steve? It's better than a one game, right? You're Huge generally going to get the better team to advance. Huge fan. Yep. Love this format. Okay. I will say the one game wild cards were some of my favorite nights of the year. And that says a lot for me as baseball, by far my third and away sport behind basketball and football. But we'll talk about that a little bit um, after we have our, our guest on the podcast. Uh, we're going to welcome Chris Raybon from the Action Network, who has been having a fantastic NFL season so far. Crazy. Um, and can maybe help us out. Uh, anything else, Steve, before we dive in and then we'll get to some MLB? Let's do it, baby. All right. Let's get to Chris Raybon from Action Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, NFL Week 5, as mentioned off the top of the podcast, we got Chris Raybon, NFL analyst from Action Network, joining us. Raybon, how you doing, man? Feeling good, man. I can't believe it's already Week 5, man. I know. A quarter of the season in the books, or at least by the old easy-to-calculate 16-week schedule. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting there. And um, I know you've been doing really well so far this NFL season. Uh, everybody can find your bets in the action app at Chris Raybon. Um, I flipped through there this week. I saw a couple of things that you're on, but we'll just kind of scroll through uh, the board here and get to bets as they as they come up. Um, let's start with the early kickoff. We got a London game for the second straight week. Uh, last week, Vikings squeak by the Saints, don't cover. Game goes over. First half stayed under. Uh, Packers, eight-point favorites, sitting 40-and-a-half on the total on DK Sportsbook. Um, I generally don't have much on these these London games, and it's another weird one of, even with a Packers uh, game, not that great of offenses. This would be another, like, maybe first half under just on principles based on the two teams that are playing and the time that it's kicking off, but I don't really have much on this game. The Packers did just get gashed by New England on the ground. Maybe you look to Saquon on a rushing prop. Uh, Chris, you got anything on this London game? 
Now it's probably a stay away for me. I, usually yeah. I'd be targeting the under in this kind of game, uh, but that total for the Packers has been creeping down. And I mean, so now low. we're at, you know, 40, 41. I mean, there's no real margin for error. Uh, we know Saquon's probably going to be able to run the ball. And, you know, if there's any type of turnover or something, I think uh, it could have a negative effect on that. So, uh, yeah, this one's tough. I mean, I think some people will probably, uh, you know, bet the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers coming off a, an against-the-spread loss is 48 uh, and 24 in his career in the next game uh, against the spread. So he usually bounces back when he fails to cover the week before. But uh, not really a, a trend I want to play right now with the Packers offense. Still kind of working through the kinks. I know that you do have a teaser in this week, and we'll get to that. I think I have not – I'm a huge – Teaser guy, both Steve Buchanan, my co-host, and I, big teaser guys, did really well with them the first, like, six, seven weeks of last season. I've only played a few this year, and generally, teasers haven't been going well. I think this might be a bounce-back week for teasers. We will see. Um, I have a few legs that I'm interested in, but any interest, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get there. Any interest in the Packers, down to two. I, I think there are better teams to tease down. You know, I think uh, the... I mean, well, I got the Bucks when they were still eight and a half, and I, I like right. them better. And I, I also like the, uh, you know, I, I'm sure we'll get to them, but the 49ers, you know, they, they got kind of hammered, and that number went up, but it got it went up past the six, so uh, it kind of put them in that range of a great tease piece as well. Uh, you know, Pat, this is just a game where it's in London. Uh, Giants have been really well coached, and so yeah. I, I just think it's still in that range where a lot of weird stuff could could happen and uh that that could involve the giants you know coming out on top I and mean, we saw what happened with the patriots with bailey zappy last week all it took was you know one rogers you know throw and it was patriots are up at the half and uh if they yeah. had any type of offense going i mean a lot of teams could have pulled off that upset so yeah it's not not much interest in a pack unfortunately i'm with you um all right let's start in that east coast 1 p.m early window um and again we're i'm just gonna rifle through every game on the board here so we can keep a game to you know 30 seconds if you got nothing there two touchdown spread kenny pickett first start in buffalo really tough start um to just throw him in there is he going to be hesitant coming off a three interception game even though he was clearly kind of a spark for that team i don't know what to expect in this game and it's too like it's too big of a number to use the bills as like a money line parlay piece. You're barely getting anything. It's too big of a number to, t- what are you going to tease it to eight? You can't do that. And I have no, I don't know what I'm going to get from picket on the road in Buffalo. So I can't take the points. I got, I, I'm takeless here. Anything uh, on this game. I love it. I love the points. Uh, okay. The Steelers all day in this one. I mean, okay. listen, you this would have probably been the same line you would have got with Trubisky still at quarterback. Now you have yep. the element of the unknown with Pickett. Uh, he's throwing the ball three yards further down the field. Uh, Buffalo, by the way, major letdown spot. You're coming off an emotional win True. In, uh, in Baltimore. You got Kansas City on deck. Uh, like, it's just all the kind of ingredients here for a classic Tomlin spot you know we know Tomlin uh with that uh 60 plus uh, against the spread record as an underdog on the road all that stuff so yeah this is one of those spots where the Steelers hang around uh to me it's just it's kind of a gift here because we're just getting we're just getting picket at the right time uh so I, I wouldn't be scared to go with the points uh for Pittsburgh in this one all right I was only I was only um aware of half of that uh, letdown spot, I guess. I did, I forgot to look ahead. I do now remember thinking, why is that the four o'clock game? Why is that not Sunday night football next week? Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, all right, 
I don't I don't mind that. We'll see if Kenny Pickett can hang around in that game in uh, in Buffalo. Um, interesting one here in Foxborough. Pats, Lions, Patriots now laying three. Technically, we don't know if this is going to be any of three quarterbacks, I guess, for the Patriots. I don't think uh, Hoyer's playing. I think, I guess it could be Zappy, and Mac Jones is starting to ramp up a little bit in practice. I don't know. I think it's a spot that the Patriots should be able to, to win. Lions are 4-0 to the over, going over by 21 points per game. But they have not played outdoors yet. Three home games, one game in Minnesota. Now you're going to be playing in Foxborough. And um, trust me when I say we're based out of Boston here in DraftKings. It has chilled down recently, and it has been windy and cold, and it's not nice out. Um, so that's going to be a little bit different for the Lions. They're dinged up at skill position. I want to see where this total goes. It's dropped down to 45 and a half. I, this is going to be like a, a game day play for me if I play anything on this game. Maybe an over, maybe a Patriots if it gets under three. Um, but those are the ways that I'm leaning in this game. I just think the Patriots should be able to run all over the Lions and their defense is probably good enough to limit them a little bit in their first game outdoors. Yeah, I, I can't I can't lay points with uh, either of these quarterbacks, whether it's Zappi or Mac Jones. Um, yeah. I, think, I think if there's anything here... The unders in play. Listen, we, we saw what Under, happened last we time. Go. We saw what happened last time Jared Goff played. Uh, I believe it was the last time he played a Belichick defense was in that Super Bowl. Uh, that's why he's not in Correct. LA anymore. So uh, this is a totally different matchup for the Lions than it has been. Remember, they, like you said, they've been playing indoors. They've generally had their full complement of weapons. And I mean, you know, playing the Seahawks defense. Obviously, you can put up forty-five points on the Seahawks defense without like three of your best players. Patriots defense. I mean, just look at Aaron Rodgers and how they struggled in Lambeau against yeah. that Patriots defense. Totally different matchup. And I think you're kind of getting a little bit of a gift with the perceptions uh, of the Lions, just given how they started the year. That I, if, if, if it's anything, I would play the under. But I kind of agree. There's not a lot here just because, like, the, the numbers, you know, around three, three and a half. You're not really getting any value on the spread. And the total, uh, we, don't, we don't know what's going on yet and who's starting and who's in and who's out, even for the Lions on offense. So, yeah. Uh, this would be a wait and see for me. All right. We're going to get to one of your teaser legs, Falcons and Bucks. Bucks now nine and a half on DK Sportsbook. Um, I do personally have have some of the teaser that, that you have with uh, Tampa at two and a half. Can't do it at three and a half. You're getting through a, a huge key number there, obviously. Um, but Tampa to two and a half and Niners to win. The other third leg that I'm struggling with getting involved is going to be Kansas City on on Monday night uh getting them down to one um other than teasing this game like if this comes back at all i'll consider giving it out as a teaser um i haven't so far but i don't think it's gonna come back with brady off back-to-back -back losses getting a home game against the falcons anything outside of a teaser leg for you here chris if uh when it's at eight and a half on on falcons and bucks yeah it's a weird week for me usually i'm just playing like only underdogs. And I find myself playing a couple of favorites this week. And Tampa Bay, uh, I'll lay the points here. I mean, coming off two straight home losses on their third straight home game, major, major letdown spot for the Falcons. I mean, we talk about the Bills. I mean, the Falcons are in the letdown spot of all letdown spots. They're coming off two upset wins. They're coming off four straight covers. Uh, they have to play this Tampa Bay team that's going to be really motivated after they embarrassed themselves in prime time. The run defense wasn't up to snuff. Everybody's doubting Brady and talking about his personal life and talking about his health and talking about his marriage. Like, this is a game where the Bucks just get right. 
so, I, I mean, they beat the Falcons by 13 or more in both of the games, uh, both home right. and away last season. They're healthy on offense. Remember, before they played, you know, two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, uh, they had two double-digit wins on their resume in the 2022 season. That This defense could do it by itself, but I think the Falcons uh, on defense, no pressure. They're bottom three in pressure rate. Uh, this is a game where the Patriots offense can get right. And I think that gives you uh, some wiggle room that just hasn't been there given the matchups that they've had in the first four weeks. So again, I think you're getting kind of a gift here just with the way the season kind of unfolded, where if we had gotten a different order of schedule with this game a little bit later in the year, uh, it would have probably been Bucks minus 11 and a half, Bucks minus 12, creeping into the 13 range. Now you're getting it in single digits. Uh, I would take it. Brady, as you mentioned, eight and two against the spread off uh, multiple a multi-game losing streak in his career. It doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. Also, Brady, 15-6, and six, 71% against the spread since 03, against teams that are undefeated against the spread, making him the most profitable quarterback in that spot in our Action Labs database. I like that one. What is that, 15-6 and six ATS against undefeated ATS yeah. teams? Yep, yep. All right, so you come in riding high, and then you bump into Brady in the road, and uh, that about does it for your undefeated ATS season. Um, definitely a good spot for the Bucks. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. with you there. Okay. Um, Chargers and Browns. Chargers, two and a half point road favorites here. Kind of been a weird season for the Chargers. They beat the Raiders, a team that everybody loves, and then they get the back door of all back doors with Herbert with the cracked ribs at Arrowhead. And then it hasn't been very great since then. They did hold on to beat the Texans. I have nothing on a side or total on this game, but the Chargers have been getting smoked on the ground so far this season. And Nick Chubb has been an absolute beast. Chubb game log right here. Buck 41 against Carolina, 87 against the Jets, Buck 13 Pittsburgh, Buck 18 Atlanta. Rushing prop 86. We saw Damian Pierce go over that in what 11 or 12 or 13 carries last week. I don't even remember the number. And the Chargers have been getting gashed on the ground. I'm, I'm Nick Chubb over 86 and a half rushing yards in this game. Anything for you, Chris? Now, this is one where if you're betting it, it's you're just kind of playing with variance here. I mean, it's a it's a toss up game. Uh, we don't we don't know exactly who's going to be playing. We think uh, guys should be back on defense for Cleveland, which helps them. But uh, right. I don't think you want to lay points with the Chargers on the road. They're a little bit more mediocre, especially with all the injuries than I think we thought they would be. Uh, and then the Browns are starting Jacoby Brissett. But I, I actually think that 86 is a really good line by the books. I have it exactly 86. Uh, what people kind of. It's hard to you – know, the, the Browns have, I think, averaged over 70 plays a game. A normal NFL mm-hmm. team, expect them to be more in that, like, 63 to 65 range. So when you kind of factor in that play regression, uh, you know, they would have to run at a very high rate, which they do. But, um, you know, if they get, like, a score or two down, uh, you know, it, it would be tough. So I actually think that's a, a sharp line by the books to lower Chubb a bit, uh, even though he's been over that number. All right. Um Bears have been uh, one of the grosser two and two teams that you can imagine. Uh, they're obviously not as good as their record. And I, I still think they're going to go under that six and a half win total. We'll see. Um, but this is a spot, you know, you go on the road. It's a division team that you kind of know. And the Vikings are coming off the London game. Uh, total set at 44 and a half. I did see that you were under on this game. And I do like that play because the, the fields bears just, do not play to the over and it's got to be a slow starting spot for Minnesota. So I do really like that one. 
Yeah, I I don't know how we're getting the 44, 44 and a half here. Uh, I, I feel like every week I'm on a Bears under, and every week I see, like, there's some, like, big money coming in on a Bears over, and I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't know what kind of regression models or people are working with, but my numbers aren't coming out like that. The Vikings, just look at their – even to this point in the season, they've played four games. They're averaging 21 and a half, and they're giving up 20. So, like, the yeah. Vikings themselves are not even over that number. And then the Bears uh, averaging 16, giving up 19. So, like, you got the Vikings at about 42, the Bears at about 35. It's a division game. I know it's, I know it's you know, indoors, but I, I do not see a ton of points here. Uh, I think the Bears have to kind of shorten games, run the ball, and the, the under is good old reliable 10-4 and four, uh, in Justin Fields starts in his career, including, including a perfect 5-0 and oh when the total's above 43. So, uh, I'll take that under all day. Five and zero oh when over forty three to the under. I like that. Yep. Um, all right, we're on the same page there. I like that under. That's probably something that I will be on. Um, something that I saw you put out on Twitter. That last Bridgewater game obviously doesn't count, but as a starter, he is twenty four and six ATS on the road. Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> starting on the road against the Jets, who. I don't know how the Jets are winning these games. Maybe this is why I wasn't thinking Steelers plus 14 this week because uh, I was on Pittsburgh minus three last week. You're yeah. there. You're driving. Why do you even give an uh, Why do you even give an opening for Pickett to throw a third interception of the game there when you can just kick a field goal, go up 26 to 20? Um, but whatever. I'm harping on the past. At the Jets here, uh, when the Jets got the ridiculous win over Cleveland, they let down again after that. I think they're going to let down here after the win against Pittsburgh. Um, I I preferred at three, obviously. It's been bouncing around three, three and a half all week. But Miami minus three on the road with the 10 days off going to Bridgewater. um, I feel like this is a Miami spot. Yeah, you know, I think this is a game I'm pretty sure Sharps hammered Miami, and that's why you're seeing that three and a half pop up. Uh, this is when I usually kind of stay away, away from. I don't see a ton of value, you know, weighing three or even more than three on the road uh, in a division game. I know these teams aren't super familiar because, you know, there's a new head coach in Miami and whatnot, but uh, I think this line is more or less correct. You know, Zach Wilson was thinking it up for three quarters, but – um, you know, once he hit that gritty, like any anybody that does a gritty that good, I feel like they could play some football. So I think Zach Wilson might actually start living up to his his billing. And like we're all going to be late to the party if that happens. So I'm kind of with you. It's like, you know, it didn't go right with the Steelers. I, I don't think that's OK. Don't go back to the Steelers. I think that's OK. This Jets team, they have enough talent. If they just start playing up to it, they could be a little bit better than we expect. I mean, even looking at the matchup. Uh, you got corners in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. They, those are good corners. They should be able, yeah. in theory, to uh, stick with Waddle and Hill. No one's going to fully limit those guys, but at least stick with them. So, uh, yeah, stay away from me. All right. Uh, we got three more early games, and I'm going to lump them all together because I have close to no takes on them. <laughs> Houston, <laughs> seven-point dogs at Jacksonville. Um, I think the Jags should win that game. They've been playing a lot better, and they lost to Houston twice last year. Uh, so I guess that. Tennessee, Washington. Tennessee, a road favorite. Can't get on board with that, but I'm not betting on Carson Wentz. Um, and then Seattle getting five and a half in New Orleans. New Orleans coming off the London game. Seattle just put up a million points in Detroit, but this is totally different. 
I got nothing on those three games. Um, if anything sticks out to you, Chris, go ahead and let me hear it. So the Seattle-New Orleans game, you know, uh, I host the Action Network podcast and, and we pick a, a Moneyline underdog every week. Uh, you know, Seattle, There's, I think there's a lot of variance with that team. So uh, if you're into kind of betting on, uh, you know, some Moneyline dogs, Seattle's close to minus two, uh, plus 200. I think they're like plus 195. I, I yep. can see taking a shot on them. Saints coming off the London game. Uh, Jameis, uh, you know, he's, I believe it's 500 as a home favorite on the money line. So like, he's just as likely to get upset in these spots. And then Dalton actually has a losing record uh, as a favorite uh, on the money line as well over the past three years in his start. So I, I do think there's some, some value on Seattle there uh, more so on the, uh, you know, just on the money line. I, the line is five and a half. I don't think it'll get back to six where you would get, uh, you know, more value on the spread. And yeah, can't bet on Carson Wentz, can't bet on the Titans uh, on the road. All right. Uh, we're into the four o'clock window. Niners at Panthers. You pretty much gave your opinion here. You got it as a teaser leg. The Panthers stink. And the Niners defense against this Baker Mayfield offense is going to be one of the biggest mismatches, mismatches at, on paper, at least, that we've seen so far in the NFL season. Um uh, for me, uh, yeah, I'm going to use San Fran as a teaser leg. Other one in here, uh, saving for best bets when Steve and I do it later in the show. But Jeff Wilson rushing prop is set at 67 and a half. These last three weeks since Mitchell got hurt in that Bears game, 18 carries for 84 versus Seattle, 12 for 75 at Denver, 18 for 74 against the Rams. Uh, he's gone over that number in all three. Now you're going to get Carolina here. Uh, I like Jeff Wilson over 67 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I, I feel you. I have Wilson, I think ranked 15th. In you're an under, league. you're an under prop. Yeah, but I'm an under guy. You know why? That, right. You know what? Why, here's why I'll say with these like running back props, bro. We know what happens with these Niner backs, man. They have like two or three good games. Boom. They get hurt. Like that's my thing. I just always feel like I'm losing value on overs with running backs just because like the simple fact that they could get hurt. Um, so, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've took a few overs this year, almost lost to Garrett Wilson over. He's not even a running back because the guy like, you know, he has one yard short and like gets hurt. Luckily he comes back in the game and gets over, but that's the only thing I'd say about that. But I am looking for ways to invest in his 49er team against just what's been a, an abysmal Panthers offense. So, I mean, I, I could see taking almost any Baker Mayfield under, like, even if it's like a negative game script, I don't know if he can hit his completion prop. Uh, I don't think he hits his yardage prop. I think there's even an outside chance of us seeing some Philip Walker in this game. So I, I would try to find any way I could uh, Panthers team total under. Cause like you don't want to weigh necessarily the, the six and a half with the Niners on the road, just because their offense, they're throwing over the middle. Like things could get dicey. We saw what happened against the bears. You know, it's like a couple yep. of bad plays and all of a sudden this team that is inept on offense is beating you. So don't want to necessarily weigh the six and a half, but I am looking for as, as about as many ways as I can to just fade what as just as you said, just a complete mismatch. The Panthers are the only team worse than the Chicago Bears in offensive drive success rate uh, per football outsiders, which is a stat that looks at like not just you know how often are you scoring per drive, but how often are you converting first downs? It's a series metric, uh, and uh, that that's just that's just inexcusable. Yep, that's not good. Um, all right, Eagles. Laying five, five and a half at Arizona. I am not a believer in the Cardinals, but I am also not laying five and a half points with the Eagles. 
on the road uh, because there's just too much hype and they're going to hit some speed bumps along the way, even though they have a pretty cakewalk schedule. Um, I think Philly wins this game. I'm, you know, this could be one of those, uh, you know, look at Philly in week one on the road. They win in Detroit, uh, don't cover. This has that kind of feel for me, but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm under nine wins on the Cardinals and I'm not a believer mm-hmm. in them, particularly without DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm, I'm not taking five and a half with the Cardinals. So just overall stay away game for me here. I, I like the Eagles in the spot. Like, listen, I think you this do? is, okay. this is the last time. And again, like this is a very unusual week for me. I think I have like what, two favorites, I think two or three favorites that I like, uh, but Listen, it's it's five points. There, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of be thinking that way, like ah, the Eagles are a little too hype. Well, the Eagles are hyped for a reason because they're really good on both sides of the ball, and the Cardinals are one of the worst teams in football. And I was on the Cardinals last week. Uh, thank goodness Baker Mayfield found a way to, to to hand us the cover there. But for whatever reason, I don't, you know people are gonna joke about the Call of Duty, uh, this and that. But there's for whatever reason this team just doesn't play well at home, right? So mm-hmm. on the road, I think they're now fifteen and three against the spread under Kingsbury or it's, it's either 15 and three on the road or 15 and three as a road dog, but one way or another, they're excellent on the road at home. They are nine and 17 against the spread across all home games under cliff Kingsbury. And they've lost seven in a row. They failed to cover seven in a row at home. The last time they covered in a home game, 31 to five went over to Texans. That was the last full game that DeAndre Hopkins played for the Cardinals at home. He was in, then came that game against the Packers. He got hurt. Uh, they have the miscommunication with Green, blow the cover there, lose the game. Uh, he comes back uh, and he played one against the Rams, but got hurt in that game. They lose and fail to cover in that one. Uh, so they play, since the start of last season, Cardinals have played uh, 11 games without Hopkins, 10 games with him. They're averaging 30 points with him, 19 points without. They're averaging a plus 11 point differential with Hopkins. Minus yeah. four without a 15 point swing. They're averaging for a wide receiver yards per attempt. Yeah, 8.1 yards per attempt with Hopkins, 6.1 without. Oh, by the way, this season, Kyler Murray, 5.8 yards per attempt, better than only Mitch Trubisky among qualifiers. And guess who has the lowest net yards per pass attempt allowed on defense this year? None other than the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a spot for Philly, man. Like, this is. Like, I think you play him here, and then you start fading him when the hype really starts catching up here. They'll probably be 5-0, and and they'll probably be 4-1 against the spread. And this Cardinal team ain't Detroit, man. Like, I know the Raiders let him back into that game, and Kyler's – but this this ain't this ain't, this ain't Amon Ross, ain't Brown. They, they waiting for Hopkins to get back. He's there, Amon Ross, ain't Brown. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Eagles here, and then you'll probably see me fading him uh, <laughs> for, a, a, you know, a good stretch after that. How do you feel? Do you play many first half plays? Or are you a full game guy? Uh, you know, I do in certain spots. And I, I that's it's a good question because the the car first of all, the Eagles, we've seen them, you know, do really well in the first half, and then they So I was just gonna yeah. I was just gonna say <laughs> if I play the Eagles, I'm looking at minus three first half because the Cardinals have scored 16 points in the first half this season, four points per game. Yeah, they're, they're, and Slow this has starts. been a problem under Cliff. Uh they are seven and eighteen just on the first half money line. Uh at, you know, at home yeah, it, with Kingsbury. So, like, this is this is a team that's just uh, uh, notorious for slow starters. And I just don't think it's going to be – my thing is I just don't think it's going to be easy to eat for them to get back in the game either. Like, this Eagles team right. is, is 
good. Like I know there's there's gonna be too much hype, especially if they do what I think they're gonna do. But that doesn't make it a better matchup. You know, it's like it's still it's still a tough matchup. Like they have to there's they have to find a way to score points and not give them up. And I don't think they have the means to do either uh, in this spot. All right, last one in the late window: Cowboys at the Rams. I think this is a Rams spot, and it moved from four and a half to five and a half, indicating you know maybe some sharp money there. Um, I think it's a Rams spot, and Cooper Rush is four zero straight up and four zero against the spread. He's bound to fall somewhere, and now you're a road game against the Super Bowl champs. But I don't like this Rams team, Um, so I can't bet this game. Uh, But yeah, I, I could. You could talk me into both. You could talk me into both sides. I think the Rams are ultimately right, but I think they're a bad team, so I'm not going to bet on. Yeah, I mean, this is one that, like, I am not. Like, I, I, I know some sharps for a fact around this game. I know that's why the, the number moved. Uh, yep. I don't agree. I, I think that everyone's. This is a point in the year where you know, if you're having success as a better up until this point, you're usually you probably bet on a lot of underdogs so far. And you kind of take advantage of all these overreactions and misconceptions about all these teams because you have a small sample size. Well, now everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Cowboys do for regression. Cooper Rush, you had a bunch of drop picks, this and that. And and sure, that's true. But you have to look at everything. Like the like you said, the Ooh, Rams they play. are not a good team. <laughs> and, and, and the Rams, but forget the Cowboys for a second because I know they're America's team and they get all the, the, the public. Like the Rams are just, like you said, they're not a good team right now. Uh, they have real issues on the offensive line. Matthew Stafford cannot get time to throw. Nobody's getting open aside from Cooper Cup. So if Cup, it all, you know, there's going to be plays where he doesn't get open, obviously. You're not throwing to him 40 times a game. You're throwing to him 20. Uh, on those other 20 plays, Allen Robinson's toast. Uh, you know, the, the, the third receiver is a fullback. And, and and Tyler Higby's getting you know rushing yard numbers on on receptions, and so it's a it's a and they can't run the ball. And on the other side, no one's talking about this. The Rams are dead last in pressure rate on defense. Like, and they have Aaron Donald. They and, and but they don't have Von Miller anymore. And no one's really talking about that because they're, they all they do is play zone, so they're not going to blitz to to get more pressure. So. You're, you're, now you're talking about a Rams team that's going to sit back. You can avoid Ramsey. Uh, they get no pressure. And on defense, the Cowboys are going to pressure them. So, like, I get why everyone's saying that, like, oh, things are going to regress and this and that. But, again, you have to look at the whole picture here. And, if like, if you were getting points with the Rams, I'd say, oh, sure, yeah, let's 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 bang the Rams here. But I'm not laying, like you said, I'm not laying four, no. five, six points with this a team that, yeah, they won a Super Bowl. Uh, great for them. Uh, still got that Bengals cover, though. But I digress. Uh, just not a very, not a very good time, not a very good uh, Rams team. At least not right now. They need to probably pull off another, uh, uh, you know, transaction or something to kind of save them because right now they're a little too thin. They're spread too thin. That's as simple as that. If I bet this game anyway, and I just looked on DK Sportsbook and we don't have it up, it is some kind of sacks prop for Micah Pro- uh, Micah <laughs> Parsons or or just Dallas as a team because that offensive line is abysmal right now. Um, so that's how I would look at it if I'm looking into this game and we, we don't have a prop up there yet. Yeah. Maybe some, um, uh, maybe another Stafford interception over. I mean, that's, a, yeah. that's an over I could get behind. I mean, this, that, th- like we know this Cowboy team is going to get pressure and we know Trevon Diggs is going to be lurking on cup who we know is going to get like 20 targets. So it just sets yep. up for, even if the Rams win the game, which they, of course they very well might they It's still a very good team and Sean McVay's excellent kind of bouncing back off losses. I'll give him that. Um, but 
you know, the, the ball is going to find its way to digs as it, as it usually does. Yeah, I was on that. I was on that Stafford interception Monday night against the Niners. <laughs> nice. We had the drop in the end zone. Oh no, that's going to cost it. And then we get there. We deserved that one for the Stafford over <laughs> interception betters. Um, Sunday night football, really good game in the AFC North. I don't think I'll bet it. Bengals three point dogs in Baltimore, total 48 and a half. Um, I expect a Lamar Jackson bounce back, uh, but. I don't I just I don't know how to bet this game. I have some Baltimore to win the division and make the playoffs, so I'll just sit back and cheer for the Ravens probably, but are you going to take a side here? No, I you know, I my numbers uh this line is pretty much on point. Uh my my co-host on the Action Network pod Stucky is a uh diehard Ravens fan. He's also probably the best Ravens better I know. He's pretty much never wrong when it comes to if if he bets on the Ravens, which he doesn't often. Uh, he's never wrong. He ha- he is on the Ravens in this game. So, okay. uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. I do think this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bengals on Thursday night uh, in week. Yeah, I guess it was week four where yeah. it's like three, three and a half. But, you know, it, it's a little too much hype on 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 the, you know, on the Dolphins. And then the Bengals come in and they take care of business. It, it was ugly, but it happened. And I think, you know, similarly now, you know, the Bengals, this is not the same Bengals team necessarily that won the uh, that got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they they still haven't kind of figured out what to do, what to do with the protections. Defenses have kind of figured out how to play them, and this isn't the same Ravens team that Burrow shredded because you know they're they're playing got more high quality guys in the secondary. They're they're pretty healthy in the secondary, and they benched. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but they benched got the, the two rookies that gave up three of two as six touchdowns in that game. I've effectively been benched. Like they're not even seeing the field. Uh, the Ravens are going with more three safety looks and they got, you know, Brandon Stevens back who was, was banged up in that game. So uh, this is don't like, I don't put that like in your head. If you're thinking about betting, it's like, Oh man, like they, he drove Burrow shreds them. And then two is shredded them. Like this is, this team is, is more so the team that, you know, came out real strong against the bills and just couldn't get help from their offense uh, down the stretch to, to close it out. So I do think the Ravens are the right side, but again, uh, I know I did say I like a couple favorites this week. It's a weird week where I think the market is kind of overcorrected uh, and, and away from the dogs, but still don't really see much value in, in laying a three, three and a half here. I just, I think that's kind of when you calculate out the probabilities of each side, I just think that's kind of the right line. Yep. Um, all right. We're going to close out with Monday night football. The Raiders finally got their win uh, over Denver now they're going to travel to Arrowhead. Uh, Chiefs coming off the win. Uh, the public got all their money there over the Bucks. Uh, Mahomes looked fantastic, and I don't—I mean, this Raiders defense and this Josh McDaniels-led team—I don't think is very well coached. Uh, I think that the Chiefs are a safe teaser leg, getting them down to one. I think they're going to win this game at home on Monday night. Whether you want to put them with the Niners. Um, or you can get something else. So, yeah, not a hot take. Chiefs win Monday Night Football at home, but uh, that's how I feel about the game. Yeah, I'll have a I'll have a write out write up up about this later. So, you know, it, this is still one I'm kind of digging through. But I will say this: I, I do think you know the Chiefs coming off a primetime nationally televised uh, domination, I would say, of yep. Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think there's, you know, there's probably going to be a little bit, they're probably going to be a little bit inflated in the market. And I wouldn't be surprised, like leading up to kickoff, maybe after the Sunday games are over, you know, a lot of casual betters taking some of their winnings and, and throwing it back on the Chiefs. Uh, right. If this line gets above seven, I, I do think the Raiders are probably the play here. I mean, since 
about November of 2020 when the Ste- when the Chiefs are a favorite by more than a field goal. Okay, they are seven and seventeen against the spread. Uh, and that's a 24 game sample because they're favored so much because they're so yeah. good. No, I, I remember a lot of they that. Haven't been covering, they haven't been covering, man. They were winning a lot of those games and not covering. There were a yeah, lot of man. Chiefs games. So that the dog covered and yeah. the Chiefs won. And and listen, I, it's easy to rag on on Josh McDaniels, but the Raiders could easily be like four and zero. Oh. I mean, they had a you know yep. they, they played the Chargers pretty close. They had a bunch of mishaps go go against them in that in a Titans game, and and then. Uh, you know, Arizona, they just took their foot off the gas, which is indicative of bad coaching. Don't get me wrong. Like you got to keep your guys motivated, but at the same time, I mean, that's like a one in a million, two point conversion. And, and AJ green caught like a pass in that game. Like, like it might be the last pass we ever see this guy catch. Um, so I mean that the Raiders caught a bunch of bad breaks and also had, you know, they they had a rough go at it to start for McDaniels, but like, don't like the Raiders still a very talented team. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of hang around. I mean, remember this Chiefs team? I think the real Chiefs, because they've, they've had they played Arizona, they were all banged up. Uh, you know, they were super motivated against Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is still kind of getting back to form, but like I think the real Chiefs are kind of the Chiefs we saw against the Chargers, if that makes any sense. It's like they're mm-hmm. still good, but it's a nothing's gonna come as easy, and like one little play could swing the game one way or another. Uh, so like I, I wouldn't hesitate, especially if this number. Uh, goes past seven uh, to go Raiders. No, the Chargers game is a good comp. That's a home primetime game against Mm -hmm. a divisional opponent that the Chiefs won and the dog covered. So that could very well, that could very well line right up with this Monday night football game. Um, All right, Chris, anything we missed? Any hot take this week? Any future that you think now is the time or have we covered it all? Uh, You know, regarding futures, I will say this, you know, I still think the Bucks are the best team in the NFC, uh, okay. not the Philadelphia Eagles. I know I showed them a lot of love, but, you know, coming off two straight losses, uh, going up, about to go up against a Falcons team, they'll probably dominate. Uh, not not a bad idea to take a shot at maybe some some NFC championship or some fu- Super Bowl futures. You might not get them this low, uh, this long again. Uh, because and remember, Brady essentially goes to the Super Bowl every other year in his career. He's like it's like forty five percent chance that Tom Brady is going to be um, in the Super Bowl. So uh, just buy low there. And uh, on the on the AFC side, I think you know the Ravens losing that game to the Bills. I think it will shift the perception a little bit. And uh, you know I could see the Ravens, um, you know, being there when it's all said and done. So a little bit of buy on them. And also, uh, like. I think Kenny. I happen to think Kenny Pickett is going to be really good. So maybe okay. a little long shot, little long shot. Pittsburgh Steelers make the playoffs, win the division. I mean, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons, and he made the change necessary uh, to, to you know to circumvent that. They're one and three. It's not going to be easy, but that's the whole point of buying a, a long shot. So uh, that those are the teams that I I, I would uh, I would look to if you're if you're looking for some uh, futures value. All right, that certainly qualifies as a hot take uh, for us to wrap up with Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. making the playoffs. Um, Chris, thank you for uh, thank you for the time, man. This was awesome. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure. All right, Steve and I are going to be right back. We are going to jump into some MLB playoff previews. We got a wild card weekend, um, and then the the big dogs that get the buys now in baseball will will come out. Uh, so Steve and I will run through the MLB board next on Unreasonable Odds. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, thanks again to Chris Raybon from Action Network for joining us, talking some NFL Week 5. But we haven't talked baseball on this podcast in a while. It's hard to do. It's a day-to-day sport. It doesn't have much of a shelf life. The playoffs are here, and I've been sleeping on baseball for months now, uh, but I can't do that on the playoffs. I will admit I enjoy the MLB playoffs, and we're trying something new with the three-game wildcard series all in one stadium. It's basically like a a regular season three-game best-of-three series, except it really matters. Um, Really interesting matchups in the first round. Uh, Let's start. I mean, where else can we start besides Steve's Seattle Mariners? Mariners plus 140 playing a series in Toronto, Toronto minus 170 there. Um, I assume just go ahead and tell us why you like the Mariners and give us some stuff on this series, Steve. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think this is, these two teams are kind of a coin flip. Like they each have a strength that the other doesn't have. And on the Blue Jays side, it's the offense. Blue Jays definitely have the better offense overall, but the Mariners have the better pitching. And then in these playoffs, we've said it numerous times, pitching is what always kind of prevails. So I think that's this is where a good spot here to back up uh, the Mariners, who are the second longest um, underdogs of the uh, of the four away teams, because obviously all the four away teams are the underdogs in this series here. But I just think mm-hmm. this is a spot that you can back the Mariners at a really attractive price of plus one forty. Um, the Toronto Blue Jays are just so incredibly hot and cold. And one of the guys in their lineup this season, Bo Bichette, has been a prime example of that. This is somebody who has been, was hoping, I think they really kind of hoped that he was going to be one of their bigger power bats here. And the power really hasn't been here over the past month or so. And I think that's going to be uh, someone that really could be um, someone that we can kind of look at here as not being able to perform in this type of series because the Mariners have so many good starters in that rotation. I think it's really going to be a problem for the Blue Jays here. So I don't think this is going to be an overly high-scoring series, but I think the Mariners have enough in the back end of their bullpen and the rotation to kind of hold on here and, and advance. So I, li- I like them at plus 140, and that's no bias aside. Like, I know the Blue Jays are huge favorites here at minus yeah. 170, but I truly b- believe that the Mariners are going to go on to the division series. Is there um is there any value in any of the games, whether it be game one or looking ahead? Like Castillo's what, plus one thirty, plus one forty range, almost like the series in game one. Has Manoa still been lights out lately? Like is is game one worth a, a look? Yeah, I I think uh, Manoa has been great. I mean that he's been what they're most reliable starter, like by a long shot here. Um, so I think that this is actually fairly priced when you're looking at the numbers here. Castillo has been phenomenal, but he's kind of limped into the playoffs a little bit here. So if there's anything, I'm probably playing the first five under in that game. I think that's the spot that I'd be looking at here. But Manoa's got great numbers at home, 2.42 ERA, 252 over at home. He's just been phenomenal uh, from top to bottom. Whereas Castillo, um, Kind of, I mean, obviously he came over for the Reds, so his numbers are a little bit skewed here when it comes to home and right. road splits. Um, but he's been better at home in Seattle than he has been on the road. So I'm probably playing the first uh, first five under in this one here. Um, but again, if you like the Mariners to win this series like I do, obviously you're getting some decent value there at plus 125 for the game one. 
All right, Steve, let's stick in the AL, the other series. Not a sexy series when it comes to names. Cleveland hosting Tampa. Yeah. Um, but I like Cleveland in this series after I looked into it, and it's come down from minus 130 to minus 125 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Cleveland is coming in red hot here. They have some pretty good pitching. And, you know, far and away, they just run away with that central division uh, that everybody thought the pathetic White Sox would win. So that they welcome sucks. in Tampa. Tampa comes in on a skid. Tampa, as you mentioned to me, I'll steal one of your stats before I let you talk. The only team in the postseason with a losing record on the road. But they've just been awful overall lately, whereas Cleveland got really hot to get in. Again, this is the series that I feel like is going to get like the worst TV ratings out of all four by a yes. mile. But I think my favorite bet might be starting to become the Cleveland Guardians to win this series. Yeah, and that stat actually did change. Um, the Phillies did lose their last game of the season yesterday, so they ended up one game under oh, 500. Right, well, uh, I but, give you one baseball stat on the podcast, and it's a lie. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, nobody was paying attention yesterday, so I had to take true. a confirm that that was true, and then they ended up losing here because the Phillies were 500 on the road coming into yesterday. That being said, game one is going to be so crucial for the guardians. If they want to win this series, their numbers against lefties are really, really bad offensively. They're near, they're ranked near the bottom of the league in almost every offensive car, uh, category against lefties. And they're going up against one of the better lefties in Shane McClanahan, who for a, a while before he got hurt was in the running for the Cy Young award. He got hurt, started to kind of falter really after the all-star break really started at the all-star game. Quite frankly, if they can steal this game, they got this series wrapped up. I, I truly feel that. Uh, but even if they don't win this game, I still think they have the distinct advantage for games two and games three. This is the real tough matchup here in game one. But let's also not take away from the fact that they're also running back Shane Bieber in this game. And he not he's not the yeah. huge strikeout guy that he was. Obviously, that kind of changed when the sticky stuff was removed and his numbers dra- you know, dropped dramatically. So you kind of put, put it together there. That being said, he's still a very, very good pitcher. Um, I, I, I am not impressed with this race, uh, offense at all. This is not a high powered offense by any means. And to be fair, neither are the guardians, but the guardians can get on base. And that's the biggest thing for me is that they can get on base here. So if the guardians can steal game one and they are favored, they're minus minus one twenty on the money line. I think they have this series wrapped up, but when it comes to this series overall, even if they do lose this game, it's tough because it's, you, you lose two, you're done. But I still think that this one um, is in favor of the Guardians. I still think that they can win this game, even if they lose game one here. But if they can seal game one here against McClanahan, they got the series wrapped up. All right, let's just finish up on the AL side of things before we go over to the NL. Uh, The big dogs are waiting, that being the Astros and the Yankees. Anything, you know, I assume they're going to be heavy, even heavier favorites than anything we've seen when they get the winners of these wild card rounds in the second round. Any particular matchup that you're just looking to smash in the second round or any lean, assuming we get Yankees and Astros together, do you like a certain side to go to the World Series? Yeah, I think we do end up getting uh, the Yankees and Astros together. Seattle's had a lot of trouble with Houston all throughout the regular season. I would expect that to continue here. So I think the Seattle, um, unfortunately, would get knocked out in the ALDS. And then when it comes between the Rays and the Guardians, I mean, you're not going to match up against the Yankees here. 
Uh, I, I like the Astros to get to go to the World Series. I think that's where it ends up being overall. Uh, I think the, the Houston is just the more complete team over the Yankees. Like, obviously, the Yankees are an offensive offensive juggernaut, but I think Houston has a massive upgrade in the rotation compared to the Yankees. The bullpens are pretty even here, but again, pitching is a premium here in the playoffs. So I think Houston has the upper hand when all is said and done here. So I would say that to get Houston to go into the World Series, I think that's the play I'd be making right now because I think that neither team is going to beat whatever team comes out of this wild card round. I don't think it's going to advance to the ALCS after that. So I like Houston. They're the number one seed for a reason. I think they end up advancing to the World Series. I'm with you on that. Um, NL side of things. Mets come undone. Braves win the division. But we do have the Mets sitting minus 175 over the Padres. Padres plus 145. Uh, Neither of these teams really anything special down the stretch. Um, I've gone. This is the one I've gone back and forth with but I'm still not bold enough to take the underdog. I think he might be against me. I think the Mets do get this done. Like you got anytime you got a series where you need to win two games, two is the magic number and you got Scherzer and DeGrom, regardless of what DeGrom's done recently. I don't think I can go against you. I don't know if I can lay the 175, but I'm, I'm picking the Mets. Not only is the 175 been laid for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer of it. I truly believe that the Mets are going to fall in this for a series here. Um, I'm, I'm so worried about Jacob DeGrom. And I think that's the real thing here. Max Scherzer is going to start game one. Um, but DeGrom has been a real How do you issue. feel real quick? How do you feel about game one then? Do you think this is one that the Mets get game one and the Padres grind back kind of like you like Cleveland, but think they might lose game one. Darvish has just been so good against the he Mets has. that I can't, get past that. That's just where I really kind of, and, and that's the thing too. Like this is a game between Scherzer and, and Darvish and Scherzer's only a minus 145 favorite. Like that feels pretty short. And when I see a number like that, I'm like, there's maybe not a lot of confidence that Scherzer can get this done. Really. It comes down to, if you really want to break this down, it really kind of comes down to the bullpens in this game. And obviously the Mets have one of the best closers in the, in the league here, but yep. I just really think that Darvish and the Padres can sneak a win off here and then whatever they happen end up doing in game two. Because if you, like I mentioned, DeGrom has just been so bad over the past month. But when you consider the opponents that it's been against, that's where the real red flags really come in for me. Like he got a little bit roughed yeah. up in that start against the Braves. Fine. Gave up three runs in that game. But then when you're giving up a ton of production – to the Pirates, the Cubs, the Athletics, then that's when I start to worry a little bit. Six home runs allowed over his last four starts. You don't see that against Jacob deGrom. He's still making bad swing and miss. Like, his strikeout numbers have been there. Uh, But the Padres are a tough team to strike out. Not that that really matters against deGrom. There's just too many red flags, I think, with the Mets right now, whereas the Padres are coming into this team as the hotter team. Over the past two weeks, that rotation has an ERA just over two. I mean, you want that coming into the postseason. So the, the, the Mets really kind of shot themselves in the foot here, and I, I think they're out in the first round. All right. Um, other NL series, I do have what I think will be a bet here. I haven't bet it yet, but Cardinals minus 135 against the Phillies. St. Louis has home field here. The Cardinals just got, uh, you know, kind of like the Braves, but not quite really hot second half of the year. Um, part of that. Pujols related and, uh, you know, come storming back and take the division from the Braves who wind up from the Braves from the Brewers who wind up not even making the postseason. Uh, 
this is I think the Cardinals are are the look in in this one. Um, I think pitching advantages and they're really good on offense and they're at home. Yeah, I'm with you here, too. I think the Cardinals are the fine play in this one here, the minus 135 on the series. They just finally announced their starter because that was the only one that we were waiting for. So now it's going to be Zach Wheeler against Jose Quintana, who is a ground ball specialist. He's going to induce uh, a lot of ground balls there, and he's got a good defense behind him, too. And that's kind of been the, one of the bigger reasons why he's found so much success on the Cardinals. Um, honestly, I'm not giving the, the Phillies much of a, a shot here in, in this series. I think they had a really bad draw here against the Cardinals, who have just been so good for the second half of the season. They have two potential MVP candidates and Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado going against each other. The biggest thing here for me is that the Phillies have just been so bad defensively that it's mm-hmm. going to end that could end up being something that haunts them in the postseason. here. We've seen it so many times, how many defensive mishaps that this team has had. You can't afford that in these playoffs here. And especially when it's a potential three game series. So I think that the Cardinals, this is the one that I'm actually surprised at, that the Cardinals aren't bigger favorites against the Phillies. So yep. if I have that sentiment here, getting them at minus 135 for the series feels fine. I like backing them in game one at minus 110, where they basically have it priced as a coin flip. But I think the Cardinals are the superior team. Yep. Uh, all right. Looking ahead to the rest of the NL, I kind of share your belief of the AL. I don't see how this isn't 1-2, uh, the way the Braves are playing. They've arguably been better than the Dodgers since June, and uh, the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They won 110 games or whatever right. it was. Um, so I think whoever comes out of these wild card rounds, now you're kind of dinged up from a battle and you get a, a really fresh, good team. It's Braves-Dodgers for me. I want to say I like Dodgers in that series revenge narrative for last year, but I think the Braves could even beat them again. So uh, what do you see down the line in the NL, I guess? Is it those two teams and who's winning it for you? So I, 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 um, I took the Padres to win the World Series right at the trade deadline when it looked like they were going to be I took your, Soto. I took your advice, which is yep. why even though I'm not totally confident in the Mets, I might just need to hammer the Mets because I'll just start hedging off round by round on the Padres. Yep. Because they're Um, not going to win the World Series. Right. But I did take another World Series bet, and this is one I feel good about, is is the Braves to win the World Series at five to to one odds. I'm surprised that they're the third... Uh, the third biggest favorites overall. Like I get the Dodgers should be the favorites here. I would say the Braves are the superior team over the Astros. Odds... So odds, maybe the Braves would be favored over the Astros and they did beat them last year. But I think odds wise, it's because you run into the Dodgers that puts you back there. The Astros have an easier path, I guess, even though the path is the the Yankees most likely. They without a doubt do. But I do think that the Braves can take down the Dodgers if and when that series does end up coming to a head. Because I just think that the, the Braves are just the complete team. The Dodgers, you can also say the same about, but like there are some holes near the bottom of that Dodgers lineup. I don't feel that way about the Braves at all. Like I feel like one through nine is a tough out. The bullpen is stellar. The rotation is stellar. Like it's kind of just be a a battle of like two colossus uh, teams going up against each other. But I I just do like the Braves here. I think you're just getting some nice value at five to one compared to the plus 340 on the Dodgers. If I lose to the Dodgers, so be it. Like that's not a bad loss. That's not something that I'd be like, oh, I can't believe that ended up happening. If they lose to the Dodgers, I'm okay with that. But at five to one odds for the Braves, I I just think that's the play to make here because I don't feel overly confident about any other team below them, uh, which includes the Yankees at plus 550. So I just think the Braves are the team to make it here. Um, bet has been placed, has my five to one. And now we're, we're riding the Braves here the rest of the way out. 
All right, well, that's how I was going to close. I was going to say pick the World Series, and there you go. You got the Atlanta Braves going back-to-back at 5-1. to one. So we'll just go right into NFL Week 5 best bets, um, which can overlap with teaser time, two segments in one. Yeah. Uh, you went with a teaser last week, got there, and then pushed, which is a loss on the final leg, Green Bay and New England. You're going back to a teaser this week, and it's one that I almost used as my best bet and I co-signed on, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I just there's two teams that should not be losing this week, which is of course is is, is such a betting betters mentality because when you're on these teams, there's no way that they can lose. But I, you know, I I keep hearing that like maybe this is a trappy line between the Niners and the Panthers, but like, are you telling me that the Panthers are really going to beat the 49ers? This is somebody coming from somebody who can't stand the 49ers and hates Jimmy Garoppolo and hates everything about the 49ers, but the Panthers are just that bad. Where are the Panthers going to beat the Niners? Like, that's where I keep coming back to. Like, the 49ers easily handled the Rams last week in that game. Now they're going up against the Panthers and only six and a half point favorites. Like, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And this is one of those lines that, you know, people are like, oh, it's trappy. It's trappy. Look, I'm teasing them down to win. I So I'm with the 49ers here. And then the second leg is taking the Chiefs down to one against the Raiders. I know the Raiders have played the Chiefs tough over the past couple of years. Um, is it is it the Raiders are like four and two against them the past two years, or four and two against the spread against them? They, they've played regardless of what it is. They've played them well over the past two years. Just I different love it. Yeah, exactly. This is this is a different team. This Chiefs team, even without Tyree Kill, has just been so good um, defensively, offensively. I don't see the Chiefs losing this one either. So taking them here. Six point teasers, getting the Chiefs down to one, getting the uh, the 49ers down, down to half, getting that minus 120. Yep, I co sign on that. I have three teaser legs this week. I don't know if I'll put it together as a three piece teaser, um, but two of them are, like you said, basically just getting the Niners and Chiefs to win. Uh, the other one, and, you know, Raybon's teaser and talking to him earlier in the podcast, I know that he teased down um San Fran to win and Tampa from eight and a half to two and a half over the Falcons Brady off back-to-back losses that one's now up to nine nine and a half so you can't get it through the key number of three if that is available at eight and a half to get it below a field goal that would be my third teaser leg so I'm between using those three but I'll go to a prop here for best bets and it ties right into everything it's Jeff Wilson over 67 and a half rushing yards 49ers running back Mm. The uh, the Panthers have been getting pounded on the ground. The Niners, we expect to lead in this game. Jeff Wilson, ever since Elijah Mitchell's gotten hurt, last three games, he's gone over this mark all three times, and this is arguably the best matchup yet. So Jeff Wilson, over 67.5 rushing yards, best bet for me, NFL Week 5 on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Yeah, Panthers allowing over 100 yards per game to opposing uh, running backs right now. 100 carries, 458 total running uh, rushing yards by the Panthers. Yeah, this is this should be a good spot for here for Jeff Wilson. All right, for Steve Buchanan, for Julian Edlow, for our guest Chris Raybon, uh, for the Unreasonable Odds podcast, you follow us on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. That'll do it for us. NFL Week 5, as well as an MLB postseason preview. Um, very excited for this weekend, by the way. I have I, the, the JE Sportsbook is under construction, as you know, in my basement, Steve. It has oh. three TVs up. I feel like I need more now. Between college football, NFL, and like I need MLB playoffs on as well. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe need a fourth monitor down there. Have you seen um, Jared Carabas' setup? Yeah, what does he have? Like eight, and it's all baseball. Yeah, I think it's all. I think it's nine TVs. Yeah. 
That's what you need. Nine. Nine. Yeah, he's got me. He's got me tripled up. So um, <laughs> I, I can only, I can only aspire to uh, reach Karabas levels for my, uh, my home man cave sports book, whatever you want to call it. Um, all right, now we'll actually close the podcast for Steve. For Julian, you're listening to Unreasonable Odds. Good luck with your bets this weekend, guys. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.